uh, and that paladin's quest for his holy warhorse for his for his holy warhorse. Getting old is a trap. Don't do it. Welcome to Diceology number thirty-two. Welcome to Diceology, a podcast about tabletop games, and we talk with the people who play them. So it's my birthday month. I, uh, I've already had my midlife crisis back in my late 20s, returning to civilian life after I left the military. Um, that was mostly about trying to figure out who I am uh, when I'm not uh, Sergeant Brown, right? But on the 21st of January at 1620, I will be 50 years old. Every year, uh, I get a skull tattoo to mark the years that I've been kicking diabetes ass, I will have five skull tattoos on my body this year. I also make a playlist of the top 21 songs I'm currently feeling. Uh, this year, I will also begin construction of a playlist that will include the 50 most important songs in my life to date. And then I will also do a list of the 50 most important games in my life so far. Lucky for you, I've already got that list of 50 games completed. I think that song list uh, might be an all-year project. So, in no real order, uh, but first, because it was the first game I ever played, number one on my 50 games list is BX. D&D. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I played the Moldvay edition BX back in uh, oof, the early 80s. Um, I had just moved to a new school uh, for gifted and talented kids. This was fifth or sixth grade. I rode the public bus every morning from Jersey City, New Jersey over to North Bergen and then rode that public bus back, uh, back home. Uh, the school provided bus tickets and stuff like that. Sometimes I'd miss the bus and I'd have to walk it in. Uh, I'll have to check Google Maps. I'm not sure how far that walk it is, uh, but in my brain, it was like 100 miles. Um, Norman, Dallas, Michelle, and Anthony. Uh, I remember this was my first gaming group ever. They invited me into their D&D game. We would play during lunch breaks, after school. Uh, sometimes uh, when we have substitute teachers, we'd have an informal game going underneath whatever the substitute teacher wasn't doing. Um, sometimes on the weekends, like a Saturday or Sunday, I'd uh, trip it out over the North Bergen and play. Uh, this was the early 80s. Uh, I was a uh, food stamp welfare kid. Um, so when I didn't have... Uh, the coins to hop the bus to get over to North Bergen on the weekend. I would just hike it over there. Uh, and that is how much these games uh, meant to me back then. My school friends never knew what my home life was was like. Um, though I suspect sometimes Anthony's dad would drive me home. And uh, I think uh, he came from, uh, yeah, I think he suspected uh, or he knew enough that uh, I wasn't like all the other kids, right? Um, 
Anyway, my first character was a thief. Uh, they laid out, or we were selecting characters, and that one spoke to me at the time. I don't know. It just grabbed me. Um, that thief would go on to die three adventures later when Tensor's floating disc expired, dropping gold coins and treasure and stuff all, all on top of my thief. Uh, it was fantastic. I quickly made a brand new character, Thief 2, and uh, I was back in the game off and running. D&D, or the Moldvay, yeah, Moldvay D&D led into Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons, uh, and I eventually took over the DM duties of the group. Uh, those adventures centered around a paladin's quest for his holy warhorse and his holy sword. I explored many, many, many other games uh, before I came back to D&D. Uh, I think it was like 3rd edition and 3.5 and all the renewed energy that came with that. My longest running 3rd uh, edition campaign was with folks I worked with at the time uh, here in Kansas City. I skipped 4th edition D&D. Uh, it was too video gamey for me. Too, I couldn't see the distinctions between the character classes. And by then, I was deep in story games and indie games and all kinds of other stuff that was in traditional gaming. But currently, I'm back in 5th edition games. I have ran and played 5th edition. I like some of the things introduced and refined in 5th in edition. Um, I've also played some Pathfinder, 1st uh, and 2nd edition. Uh, but in my brain, th those are all in that D&D basket. Today, I run my Madlands West Marches game using old school Essentials D&D. Uh, Madlands is my GM for hire service. It's got 40 players in that game. Um, maybe a third of them are hardcore D&D BX players. Um, it's got the basics I like. I have a few house rules that I use and that have become popular over the, man, almost two years of uh, gameplay. Um, one addresses simultaneous combat. Uh, one makes combat less whiffy, but more lethal. And the other is making all the roles player facing. And uh, those have turned the BX games into something uh, that's uh, stressful, uh, tense, and a lot of fun. And fast, right? I think that's what I dig most about the BX mechanics. They're concise, they're tight, uh, kind of vanilla. You bring your seasonings and uh, add to taste. I've got no beef with D&D. &D. Um, the Critical Role show, it's not for me. I've seen a couple episodes. I'm glad they're at the party, though. They bring much-needed attention to a hobby that I started out closet gaming in, right? There was a period of time where, you know, it wasn't cool. Uh, and sometimes, depending where you are, it could uh, hurt to talk about uh, your D&D hobby, right? I do roll my eyes at the decolonization talk of D&D &D, uh, and in games in general. Um, for me, as a black man, a cranky black man at that, Decolonization, when I hear that, it means I and some other cultures, we don't get to exist, right? Uh, I know we're talking about elves and, and half-elves and half-orcs and things like that, uh, but um, those things speak to different folks on different levels. Um, so uh, I'm not a fan of decolonizing uh, games, right? Uh, I haven't seen something that makes me feel good about that yet. Uh, but shoot, I'm just one cranky guy, right? I feel like, though, we forget 
these are games and everything ain't for everybody, right? Um, I don't like okra. I'm not feeling Harry Potter. And I'm not a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation. But it's fine if you dig that stuff, right? I'm not going to pee in your cornflakes. Um, that's a shitty thing to do. But D&D, like it or not, it's a solid touchstone in our hobby and in our American culture. I took a RV road trip uh, back in November during the election cycle. Um, I think it was the, the week leading up to when the election was called for Biden. At my different stops from Kansas City through Oklahoma, Texas, and into New Mexico, uh, I talked with a lot of different folks. And we could have talked about a lot of different things. Uh, but most of those conversations, after we got past uh, the pleasantries and the weather, uh, we got into games, right? What do you like to do for fun? What do you do for fun? And we talked about games, board games, and ultimately, a lot of D&D conversations um, from folks who had played, are playing, remember playing uh, D&D. So for me, looking back, over 50 years of gaming, I wouldn't change where D&D fits in my life, but your mileage may vary. So that's my show. Thanks for listening. Your support is what makes Diceology and my dream hustle happen and keep happening. Consider becoming a paid subscriber on my Patreon. Let's make this our regular thing.